Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. And the coin was in his hand. Oh. The entire time. There you go. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is because what we do on this podcast is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before the movie comes out. Then when the movie comes out, we go and see it and see how close we got. And I'm very excited this week, Matty D. You not, are excited? Not potentially because of what movie we're covering, but because this is our first movie of 2023. Woo, yeah! That we're predicting. So we're finally moved out of 2022 and we're moving into 2023. Also, this is our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas. As I teased last week, we're celebrating Christmas by doing a very Christmassy movie. <laughs> Okay, We're doing right. Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> so, doesn't get much more Christmassy than a Knock at the Cabin. Than an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> I don't think there's anything Christmassy about this movie at all, to be honest. Uh, well, yeah, there could be, right? There could yeah, be. Yeah, true. It could take place at the, Christmas time. The four strangers could be Santa's little helpers that are trying to like true. break in to the cabin to, to leave deliver presents, presents for when. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So, of course, Knock at the Cabin is being directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and it's based on the 2018 novel The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay. Now, now <laughs> we were both well, going to say the same, same thing. thing. What were you going to say? I was going to say we haven't read the book. Is that what you're going to say? I was going to say it would be very, very easy for us to cheat because it's a pretty well-known book. I mean, I've never heard of it. I'm sure you've never heard of it, Matty D. No. But reading online, I heard a lot of people were excited that the book was actually being adapted. I think it won a couple of awards at the time, and uh, all of the reviews were like, it makes you think. So, <laughs> there must be something to it. So, both Matty D and I have promised each other that we're not going to look into the plot of the book at all, and I haven't. I'm presuming I you haven't. I haven't either. Great restraint from me. So, what we'll do is we'll look at the plot of the, the book off-air after the show, so then we'll know if one of us cheated, basically. Yes. And then I guess we'll get an idea of what's going to happen in the movie too. But in saying that though, this isn't our first rodeo with M. Night Shyamalan. We have covered an M. Night Shyamalan movie in the past. Last year we covered Old. In one of our old episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, And the thing that actually I think threw us off being more correct than we were was that I read the comic Sandcastles that Old was based on. Mm -hmm. And the elements that I took from Sandcastles didn't actually end up appearing in the movie Old. Right, so what you're saying to is- To the movie Old's detriment as is, well. <laughs> is, uh, is maybe focusing on the source material is detrimental to guessing this plot because- That's right. The director is a genius, he knows what he's yes, doing. Yes, of course. So, maybe we're better off not reading the book. Absolutely, I think so. And maybe you're right. Because I think there's every chance that M. Night Shyamalan is going to take elements from the book and then sort of twist them to make them more Hollywood, as he did with Old. So, Old, if you remember, you've seen the movie recently. Yeah, unfortunately. With our prediction for that, we took all these dark elements from the comic book about, you know, bleakness and like having a an ending that is about hopelessness and the inevitability of your children growing up and getting old and aging and your family dying. And the movie sort of took that element and it was just like, let's put a twist on it where, well, I don't want to spoil it because we haven't done the actual spoilers episode for Let's just yet. say it's disappointing. And that's just yes. our opinion. Maybe you liked it, but yeah, it takes well, a disappointing, liked that movie. disappointing turn. Yes, it takes a very disappointing, predictable Hollywood turn that we might have predicted because I think you actually <laughs> suggested it would happen in that episode before I said, no way, there's no way if he was going to honour the source material, <laughs> there's no way that the characters would do that. And then it turns out they did and I was wrong. Oh, well, that's, so, that's a future episode. I'm totally seeing 
the potential for that happening here too. I don't think M. Night Shyamalan is going to take every element from the novel that this is based on, The Cabin at the End of the World. So, there's every chance that we may be closer to the movie than we would be reading the book. I don't know if you agree. I th- it sounds like uh, you agree. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of people who may be familiar with the book that have a very strong idea with what's going to happen in the movie. And maybe you're going to hear our predictions and sort of yell at us and say, like, what are you doing? You're completely off, off the wrong track. On the wrong track, I should say. But yeah, I, I, I feel you. I, I feel like he's not going to honor the source material. He never does. You so. said the same thing during the old episode. You said that M. Night Shyamalan is aware that people are familiar with the source material. And then he wants to take those expectations and make his own change to throw people off. Yeah. So again, there's every chance that he could do that this time. So let's get into it. What do we know about Knock at the Cabin so far, Matty D? There's pretty much two trailers. I would call one a teaser trailer. Two trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd call one a teaser trailer. Don't worry if you haven't seen it. You don't see a lot in it. Okay. But we don't get a lot of information from these trailers. Basically, no. we see that there's a family. They've gone on vacation to a cabin. Uh, everything seems all really nice and lovely. And then they get visited by Dave Batista and a few, uh, a few yeah. of his friends, I guess, who break into the cabin. And they tell them that they have to do something really terrible to prevent, quote unquote, the end of the world. That's what right. does that mean? Who are they? What are they doing? What is, what is happening? What is taking place? Mysteries everywhere. Yeah. So had the- so much trouble figuring out what was going oh, on. Oh boy, so did I. One of the selling points of this movie is basically the mystery of what's going on in the plot. So yeah. almost on purpose, I would say that the trailer isn't showing us any information because first of all, they don't want to give anything away about the plot. They want people to sort of go into the movie to, to see what is going on in the movie. And I think at the same time, they don't really have anything to show. I very much, I don't know where you went in your plot. I don't know if, you know, it's going to be a, a, a whirlwind, worldwide exploration with people no. like in planes and getting no. into car the, chases. The mystery will be what the glue that holds this movie together. That's or, right. That's the intention of it. That's right. But I, I feel like this is very much going to be a bottle movie in a single location. Agreed. With a lot of dialogue. And Agreed. So you can't really sell that in a trailer without, you know. Spoiling it. Yeah. Without spoiling it. And so they have nothing to show, which is why they're showing nothing. And then, like I said, they don't want to give away too much of the plot or too many of the twists, so they just can't show anything. So the trailer is just basically the setup of the movie and then nothing else, which is very rare for us on this show because we find a lot of the times the trailer will pretty much show us the movie. We've just got to put it in order. No, we actually have to use some thinking power with this one. Because we didn't cheat either. So I, I do. Yes, we didn't cheat. I do actually have a synopsis for this movie, though. Yeah. I don't think it will give us much more information yeah. than the trailers do, though. So the synopsis goes, While vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. And I got that from a Variety article. And that was the most information I could find on the movie anywhere online. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, without going to the book. Yes. So, it doesn't give anything away. What is that choice? What is the result of not doing that choice? I guess that's what we have to figure out. So, like you said, we understand that the apocalypse is potentially going to happen. We don't know if that's true or not. But given it's a movie, I'd say there's 90% chance that it's true. Can we believe these strangers? Who knows? We're going to have to go with... I I guess we're going to find out in our plots what expectations we have from this story. And from M. Night Shyamalan, I suppose. See, I thought we would have completely different plots, but by what you're kind of insinuating, we may have very similar plots. That would be my guess, because I, I think there's very few directions this this sort of movie can go. 
So, I was worried at first when I sat down to to write my plot and when I was thinking about it, I was a little bit worried because I'm like, we just have no idea. Yeah, I was Could same. go in any direction. I but then the I same. thought, well, hang on, there's only like one or two directions the movie can go. <laughs> and we've seen these kind of movies before. Yeah. So, just use that formula and you should be right. So, let's talk about who's in the movie. Cool. So, first of all, playing the character of Andrew, who is one of the fathers, is Jonathan Groff. Now, Matty D, where have we seen Jonathan Groff before? We saw Cast him. your mind back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a horror movie we saw him. It was, it was in... a scary movie, but I wouldn't say it's a well, horror movie. It was movie. supposed to be a horror movie. It was us, right? No. No, no, no. What was Cast it? your mind back about this time last year. We were in the cinemas. Right. He was Agent Smith in The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm getting confused with the other actor who was in us, right? No, none of these actors were in us. Oh, never mind then. So next up, playing the character of Eric, who is the other dad, is Ben Aldridge, who was in Fleabag, and he currently is playing Thomas Wayne in the Pennyworth TV show, <laughs> The Adventures of Batman's Butler. <laughs> How exciting. I bet the Joker's in that one, too. Probably. Next up, playing the character of Wen is Kristen Quee, I think it is. She's a child actor. She hasn't really done anything. She's in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. What else can I say? Next up, playing the character of Leonard is Dave Batista, who, of course, we've talked about a lot on this show. He turns up all the time in our plots, in our regular plots and in our special episodes. We recently talked about him in Glass Onion. Yeah, and he was great in Glass Onion. He certainly was. So next up, playing the character of Adrian is Nikki Amuka Bird. Now, we've seen her before because she played Patricia in Old. She was the one that they gave the seizure medication to to observe you know, the long-term effects of it. Okay. Minor spoilers for that movie, but right. without context, you know, people won't know what I'm talking about. Sure, sure, sure. Next up, playing the character of Sabrina is Abby Quinn. Now, I know Abby Quinn best from an episode of Better Call Saul, where she had somewhat of a prominent character moment. Just a single scene, basically, but it still stands out in my mind. But she was also in an episode of Black Mirror, and she was also in a movie called Shithouse, which could be an alternate title for this movie. <laughs> you can't say that yet. Can't say that yet. I can't say that yet. Can't just going from what I've predicted. You might love this movie. Come yeah. On. It could be the next Sixth Sense. Could be. And, you know, Kristen Quee could be the next Haley Joel Osment. Could be. You never know. Could be. The last person I wanted to mention, and certainly not least, playing the character of Redmond. Ironically. <laughs> oh, how funny sets his name. Yes. Is, well, it's better than Midsize Sedan. Is Rupert Grint. Ron Beasley. <laughs> Who, of course, everyone would know from his most famous movie, Thunderpants. Thunderpants is his most famous movie. Where he played movie. Alan A. Allen, I believe his uh, character's name uh, was. Uh-huh. And also, if you haven't seen Thunderpants, you may have seen him in a little movie called Driving Lessons. Yep, where he learned how to drive with an old lady. Well, that old lady was his mum from the Harry Potter movies, and they have basically like a weird pseudo-sexual relationship. I'm like, Ron Weasley's hooking up with his mum. <laughs> and of course, as I just said, he plays Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Yes, yes. Also has played Ed Sheeran in the past. Oh, really? Yeah, in a music video. I always used to say that Rupert Grint was going to be the character who was going to have the breakout career from the three kids from Harry Potter. And in a way, he kind of he has. Can't- he was the first one to have a career outside of Harry Potter. So, he was in movies before Harry Potter. I mean, yep. sure, Daniel Radcliffe was in that David Copperfield movie, but um, Rupert Grant was in movies before Harry Potter, and he was the first one to be in movies after Harry Potter. But I suppose these days, uh, Daniel Radcliffe well, it is kinda, sort of- It kind of changed, right? Because Rupert Grint was kind of the breakout, and then- Emma Watson had this huge she career. She had this little little career in yeah. the middle there. Yeah. She was in like a couple of big movies and then disappeared. And then Daniel Radcliffe has kind of proved himself in this. Yeah. He's done a lot of good movies actually lately. He did- um, The only movie that's coming weird, to mind is Al. Guns Akimbo. No, he did a lot of good- He did that Weird Al movie recently. Oh, yes. um, he's, he's done a lot of weird ones. He done one where he was like weird lost, ones, in yeah. a, lost in a forest or a jungle or something like that. Really- Good movies. What about Swiss Army Man? <laughs> where he was a dead body. He's not in this movie. Daniel Radcliffe no. is not in this movie. Could we, be. Maybe we that's were talking the about twist. Rupert Grint. 
So, that's everybody who's in the movie. Very small cast here. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other actors credited. I could potentially see a, a you know an M. Night Shyamalan cameo mm-hmm. happening, but I don't see a lot of room for it in this kind of movie. Yeah, agreed. Again, I, I don't know what you have. <laughs> Either do I. <laughs> yeah, well, we should get into it. Let's rip this band-aid off. Right. So, I think it's only fair that I go first this week. Okay. Since you've gone first uh, several weeks in a row yeah, now. Okay, take it away. And, you know, we both have nothing, so... Well, you might have something. It's, it's just I might a have case, something. It's a case of who is going to make a fool of themselves first. And it's going to be me, because that's, that's hey, just the kind hey, of guy. Hey, hey, Kieran, Kieran, the only fool is the one that doesn't try. That's true. That's true. So, I'm trying. Here we go. So, M. Night Shyamalan's movies typically don't start with scares, so we always say that the, the formula... <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> the formula for horror movies is you've always got to start with a scare. I thought about every single M. Night Shyamalan movie I've seen... None of them start with scares. Um, I, I don't know. The scare could be directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that, that's a good point. So, director of old. Ah! <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> from the maker of old. Ah! That's a scare. Yeah. So the movie instead will open on an eerie, unsettling note. So I think we'll have quite like the trailer opens, but more unsettling than that. Mm-hmm. We'll see spooky shots of the woods as creepy music plays, and we'll understand that an ill wind blows in the air. Okay. Not like in The Happening. We're, we're talking metaphorically here. Yeah. So, the scene ends with a lingering, ominous shot of the titular cabin. We then cut to our family, which consists of Andrew, Eric, and Wen. So, the family's driving to their holiday cabin, the one we saw earlier, of course, and they sing along to Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band, and it's a very happy moment. It's most of the trailer, (laughs) if you think about it. So, Wen is clearly adopted. I don't think I need to explain why. (laughs) But her dads naturally treat her like she is their own. So, this is just an offhanded prediction. I think Kristen Quee, when, will be the best actor in the movie since the adults will give awkward, unnatural performances and line readings. <laughs> so, have you ever noticed, you saw Old recently, as, as we've already said, mm-hmm. everyone in that movie, when they speak, sounds like they're reading their line for the first time. Yeah, but that's like an M. Night thing as well. I think like, that's how he directs his actors. Yeah, they need to be, like, it, everything needs to be off-putting and unnatural and make you think, well, what's going on here? So, everybody delivers things in a really weird David Lynchian way. Well, that's not giving a lot of credit to David Lynch. <laughs> but uh, I've noticed that he can take actors who have given great performances and then make them give really shit performances. Yeah. So, they just come in and they talk in this weird sort of ethereal way. And the dialogue never sounds like it's dialogue that people would actually say out aloud. It sounds like something you'd read in a book. And then, you know, it sounds like they're, like I said, it sounds like they're reading well, their lines for the first it's time. It's his whole, like, spirituality thing, right? I like, guess so. Where, where everything's a little bit more cosmic than, than usually. And I guess he's writing for the dialogue rather than writing for the performance. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But that's a safe prediction, Gary. Yes. So, our family, well, that's me putting a lot of <laughs> you know, expectations on this little girl who presumably has never been in a movie before. <laughs> wow. So, our family arrives at the cabin, and they waste no time settling in and swimming in the nearby lake. The next day, Eric and Andrew are relaxing on the deck, while Wen catalogues bugs she's caught in a jar. She looks up from her work and sees a strange man walking through the woods, and he's staring straight at Wen. (laughs) He's carrying a championship belt. Yep. The man approaches Wen and introduces himself as Leonard. Of course, this is Dave Bautista's character. Mm -hmm. Wen politely tells him her name as well. Wen asks why Leonard has come to the cabin, and Leonard explains that he has come to make friends with her family. But Leonard goes on to say that his heart is broken because of what he knows he has to do. Exactly. Exactly. He has to beat Daniel Bryan for the championship belt. (laughs) Wen sees three more strangers, another man and two women, walking through the woods towards the cabin. Leonard asks Wen to let them inside to talk, but Wen flees, frightened. Wen runs inside the cabin and calls out to her dads. She explains to them that a group of strange people are coming, and they want to be friends. 
After a few moments, there's a sharp knock on the cabin door. <gasps> oh, there we go. There's the knock. Yes. Eric and Andrew look through the windows and see that the four strangers are carrying makeshift weapons, such as pickaxes, sledgehammers, fire axes, etc. We see it in the trailer. Fearing that these people might be robbers or worse, homophobes, Eric and Andrew lock the doors. I'm not joking there. I think that's actually going to be a large plot element. I think so too. The knock continues before turning to heavy crashes. The strangers are attempting to break down the door. The family runs for the back door, but two of the strangers are blocking it. Eric and Andrew brace the front door with furniture and push a lounge in front of a glass French door. Eric grabs a fire poker and prepares to prevent the strangers from entering. Eric scoops up Wen and tells her to keep calm. One of the strangers, Adrian, breaks through the back door and Andrew attacks her with the fire poker. He hits her in the stomach and briefly manages to stun her. Meanwhile, another one of the strangers, Redman, breaks through the glass door with a pickaxe and grabs at the door handle. At the same time, Leonard smashes his way through the front door with a sledgehammer. Redman pushes his way past the lounge and now all four strangers are in the cabin. Eric and Andrew attempt to fight back against the strangers, but they are quickly overpowered since they are fighting against WWE world champion Dave Batista. Yes! (laughs) Batista bombs them through the kitchen table. He spears them. (laughs) Spine buster. Can't beat Dave. The strangers tie Eric and Andrew to chairs and tell Wen to stay put. They don't tie her up. This is something we see in the trailer. It's interesting that they don't tie her up, but I guess they don't see her as a threat. It is interesting, isn't it? That she's... Which might play into your plot. Maybe it does. Yeah, a little bit, but not really. (laughs) Didn't really think about it that much. Eric and Andrew are angry and scared and demand to know what's going on. Leonard introduces the rest of the strangers, Redman, Adrian and Sabrina, and apologises for terrorising them. He explains that they have all shared a vision that involves the apocalypse, and the only way to prevent global doom is to make the ultimate sacrifice. The only way that the apocalypse can be avoided is if one of the family members is murdered but the catch is that they have to be murdered by another member of the family. Hmm, interesting. I'm sure you have the exact same thing. <laughs> you got it. Sort of, sort of. It's a little different for <laughs> Okay. Me. Eric and Andrew naturally think that the strangers are crazy and verbally abuse them. Leonard promises that they won't kill any of the family members themselves since that won't prevent the apocalypse. That's not the rules. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But he goes on to say that he can hurt and torture them, but they really don't want it to come to that. So I, I started to break down the strangers here, okay. what, the, what I think their characters are going to be. This is just a complete shot in the dark because yeah. I looked at the the still shot of them standing together in the cabin and I looked at each of their faces and I'm like... Just I went did the from, same thing. I, I went did the exact from, same thing. I went from first impression. I'm like, all right, just looking at their faces, what do I think their characters are going to be? Mm-hmm. And of course, the only one we know a little bit about is Leonard. And even then, we don't know anything about him. He's the only one who we've heard speak. So that's the only reason I've made assumptions. So I've said that Leonard is determined and stoic but he's truly emotionally torn up about what has to happen. Yeah, and you know, because Dave's wearing glasses, he's going to give a dramatic performance. Yes, like in Blade Runner 2049. He's the voice of reason among the strangers and ultimately wants to protect Wen from harm. Adrian also sympathises for the family, but has her own family to protect, so she remains determined to see the job through. Right, so she's, yeah, she's, she's like, I, f- I feel sorry for you guys, but like, if you don't do something, then my family's going to die. Everyone's family's going to die. Mm-hmm. We have to do it. Sabrina is more ruthless and impatient, despite her youthful, innocent appearance, and she understands the job needs to be done quickly to save her life and won't hesitate to hurt the family if she needs to. The fourth member. He broke his wand and he spews out (laughs) slugs. (laughs) He scared of spiders. He's the comic relief Yeah, Redman, he he starts off somewhat intelligent and then quickly over the course of the next couple of movies, he loses like about 50 points of IQ and suddenly he's just relegated to comic relief instead of a heroic character. (laughs) We're going to have have the end of the world or worse, expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. So Redman is quiet at first, but Mm. is the most cruel and ruthless of the three. Ah. He is angry at the selfishness of the family and takes a kind of pleasure in hurting them when it comes to it. And he'll also be somewhat homophobic towards the dads. Interesting take. 
So I think it's important to point out as well that I don't think any of these strangers really know each other. For a while, I sort of toyed cool. around with the idea that they like had met before this point and um, like had discussed it and planned it or whatever. But I think it's more so like they all just they had a shared vision. They knew what was going to happen and they walked to the cabin and sort of were surprised like, oh, there's other people who have had the same experience as well. And they're obviously here to do the same thing. Cool. That adds a little bit of mystery there. right? Yeah. That's a little bit of a high power being maybe there. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's kind of creepier in a way and it, it sort of adds credence. Well, we don't know if they're lying or not. It sort of adds credence to the or fact that- they're crazy. Yeah. yeah it, it sort of adds credence to the fact that it may be true since they don't know each other. Yeah. So, I think that would be an important element in the movie too. Cool. So, Eric and Andrew attempt to convince the strangers that there's no way that what they're saying is possibly true, but the strangers insist that they are all perfectly sane average people who have had the exact same shared nightmare for weeks. It's revealed that there's no one living close to the cabin, and the family isn't due home for a few days, so there's no one around to help, and no one will ever think that they're missing. The family isn't due. So, this cabin belongs to somebody else? No, no, no. So, the family isn't due oh, back home. This right, is their holiday okay. cabin. Yep, yep, as yep. So, so no one's missing them. If that's right. Happens. That's right. Gotcha. So, no one's going to come looking for them for at least a week. Okay. So, they'll be long dead. In, well, in fact, if you know, they're going to be dead either way if the apocalypse happens. Leonard says that the easiest solution would be for Eric to kill Andrew, or vice versa, doesn't matter which way around since this will spare Wen from any violence or harm, and she will still have a father. The strangers ask Wen to pick which father she prefers, and of course, Wen says that she loves both. She isn't going to take it, but take a side. Redmond suggests that Eric and Andrew kill Wen, since they can always adopt another child, but Eric and Andrew have raised Wen since she was a baby and would never hurt her. Leonard is also against this angle and tells Redmond to forget it. Since the two fathers refuse to make a choice, the strangers reluctantly decide to torture them. Adrian takes a distraught Wen into the next room and assures her that this is best for everyone. Redmond breaks Eric's fingers and tells him that he has nine more to go. I, I think I saw that in, in a TV show or something and thought I'd work <laughs> it into the plot. It could work. Andrew is furious at first, but when he realises that he's helpless, he begs them to leave Eric alone. After some more torture, it becomes pretty clear that the two dads are unlikely to kill each other. Leonard insists that they can't kill either of the dads themselves, since that will result in one of the dads having to kill Wen, since Wen would never be able to kill her own father. And Leonard doesn't want her to have that trauma either. Makes sense so far? It does. At one stage in the next room, Wen will attempt to phone for help, but she will be caught by Adrian, because that always happens. Yes. I imagine her coming in with like a fire poker and pushing the receiver down on the phone. <laughs> well, the phone lines get cut. Yeah, and exactly. Chestnut. Exactly. Redmond says that it would be easier to kill Wen themselves, since with her dead, that'll force the dads to make the choice and they'd have less to live for. Then oh, they- wow, what a monster. Yeah, then they could mercy kill the surviving father and all would be fine. So the family's wiped off the map. Nice and clean. <laughs> so the apocalypse is over, no one would ever know what happened, mm-hmm. and this family doesn't have to suffer, or, you know, the surviving member doesn't have to suffer. So this is a very sort of brutalist uh, attempt at solving the problem on Redmond's right. behalf. No wonder you were so depressed writing Yes. So Leonard is strongly against this idea and the two get into a fight. Leonard is much stronger than Redmond, of course, he's Dave Batista, but Sabrina comes to his aid and the two manage to kill Leonard. So Dave Batista is dead. Meanwhile, Wen manages to smuggle a knife in from the kitchen and manages to quietly cut Andrew's bonds while Redmond and Sabrina deal with Leonard's body. So they're dragging... His body out of the cabin. They're like, oh, it's going to get stinky if we wait here too long. <laughs> well, the apocalypse is going to happen. Oh, this, well. is, this is a good guess because I've been noticing Dave Bautista dies in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Like. I figure he has to die in this movie. Well, I figure almost everybody has to die in this movie, essentially. So, Andrew kills Adrian after a brief scuffle and tells Wen to run into the dark woods and hide. So, night has fallen at this point. Mm-hmm. It was afternoon when the strangers came and night has fallen. So, he figures if she can get away, she's got a better chance at surviving. Andrew frees Eric from his bonds, but before they can escape or call the police, Redmond and Sabrina return inside. 
Realising what's happened, Redmond sends Sabrina after Wen, while he stays to fight the two dads. Unfortunately, Eric is killed by Redmond during the fight, but Andrew finally manages to get the better of Redmond and kills him in a rage. Smashes his head, and I like to imagine. On the, on the fireplace. Yeah. Wen is hiding from Sabrina deep in the woods, and we have a tense moment where it looks like Wen is going to be found. But she's saved at the last moment by Andrew, who appears and subdues Sabrina. Realising that the apocalypse is imminent and there's nothing she can do, Sabrina kills herself. Okay. So I imagine she produces like a handgun from her pocket. I mean, she could have used the handgun earlier at any point, but again, their aim wasn't to kill the family themselves. So So it would be useless, yeah. That's right. So she kills her, she shoots herself. And she's like, screw it, you guys are too selfish. I'm going to take the easy way. Selfish for not killing each other, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, again... We don't know if they're crazy or not. True. So I think the movie will take the angle that these people are, are, are crazy and we should side with the family. We should never want the family to have to hurt each other. And they and, and they won't. Andrew and Wen drive off into the night and it's revealed over the radio, maybe in an M. Night Shyamalan cameo, who's the voice on the radio, that everyone in the world has been having the same vision as the four strangers, suggesting that they were right the whole time. And that is the end of my plot. Okay. So, just a quick question. felt like a special episode, didn't it? Well, it certainly did because we had no information going into it. But, question, if everyone's getting the same vision, does that mean everybody wants to now kill the surviving father and when? Presumably so. Or does it just leave on that note? Andrew, yes. So, does it just leave on that note that, oh, okay, this the the world's probably going to happen? Yeah, and I think we'll see, like, you know, maybe volcanoes are erupting, (laughs) water's rising. Do you think so? Or do you think it'll just be, like, insinuated, kind of, like, left? Well, we won't see it until the end of the movie. So basically what I'm saying is everything that the strangers were saying is real. Yep. We do see that that's the case. There's evidence that the apocalypse is happening. Everyone's had the same shared vision. So the family basically can't go anywhere because either A, the apocalypse is going to happen and everyone dies or B, everyone's out to get their, well, to have them get their own heads. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. I know it was a little bit messy, but yeah. No, I think with these kind of episodes, it's always going to be a little messy because we don't know because we only really have the setup for it. Uh, A lot of what you're saying, I agree with. I think there's a few differences. So do you want to hear, hear what it. I have? Yes, I, I'm very keen to hear what you have okay, because I, I always love these episodes where we have no information because, <laughs> you know, like you said, we can either be on the same path and have lots of similarities or have radically different movies. Because this this was a little bit of a struggle, but then I sort of took an angle with it. And mm. once I took that angle, I, I, I it kind of led my plot down, down a certain way. And okay. you'll kind of get where I'm coming from. By the way, as well, yesterday when I finished writing my plot, I felt awful. Yeah, like, I felt really depressed. You sent me a text message about and it. And now you probably know why. Yeah, of course. It's a it's a real downer. Like I hope uh, yours has a happy ending. <laughs> well, I was, I was tossing up with having it end with uh, when getting a baseball bat and knocking glasses of water at the strangers, okay. you know, melting them, you know, <laughs> swing away, you know, or maybe like a cameo of Bruce Willis in a maybe diner. Maybe she, swim <laughs> she can swim through the coral. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's it. Okay. So here's what I think is going to happen in Knock on the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. Knock with the Cabin. So this movie will be really, really slow. I just want to say that first off the bat. It's okay. going to sound like my plot may be a little short or lacking in detail, but I believe it's because not much will happen in the actual plot itself, much okay. like it sounds like you do as well. Yeah. There'll be a lot of pauses, a lot of tense moments, a lot of heavy character dialogue yeah. with mysterious, a lot of suspense building. mysterious metaphors so that the dialogue won't add a lot to it except making us think. So that's going to be yep. majority of this movie. This movie will open with a quote from the Bible. Okay. Black screen. Okay, so picture like black, yep. you know, quote from the Bible. I'm going to guess Didn't that- Monster Hunter open with a quote as well? Not from the Bible. It probably it did. It was a quote attributed to nobody, which says, <laughs> you know, beyond the depths of our vision may exist worlds parallel to ours or something like that. Something like that. Anyway. 
but I definitely think I, I think that's how it's going to open. It's going to open with a, a quote, a Bible quote from the Book of Revelation. Okay. Without putting an exact quote in, I believe it'll ha- it'll reference something about God sending four angels at the end of the world, which I believe. Oh, happened. interesting. So I think that's and it, it's going to be very cryptic, but that's what it, that's how it's going to start. I also think that this movie will have a lot of tie-ins with biblical stories, particularly Old Testament Bible. Where I God- thought for a second that you were going to say it was going to have a lot of tie-ins with other M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> Imagine. So, like, Mr. Glass shows up and uh, what's Imagine. his name from Split, the bald guy? Yes. What um, was his name? Oscar Split? <laughs> no, um, that wasn't his I, name. I thought Oscar Split is yeah. his name. He's making a list. And Bruce remember. Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was those three characters' names. <laughs> Bruce Unbreakable. Yeah. And Oscar, Oscar Split. Split. <laughs> And Theodore Glass. Yeah. Well, his name was Mr. Glass. Yeah. No, unfortunately, that would be a fun movie. So, but, you're saying uh, it has a lot of parallels to the Bible. Yeah. So, this is a movie about the end of the world. So, there's going to be a lot of I parallels guess. to biblical stories. Okay. Particularly like when, you know, a, a vengeful and angry God demands a human sacrifice, okay. which happened a lot in the Old Testament, right? Wow. Like, you okay. know, kill your child, da, 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 da. I think that's what sort of going to be tying in and there's going to be these I kind guess of it's plays. a real sort of like King Solomon's choice here. Yes. Well, in your plot, maybe I'll go in a different okay. way. But anyway, we'll so after the quote, we'll be jolted into a scene where we see a family singing and driving to their vacation location. Yep. That was really hard to say. Vacation location. Vacation location. We see it in the trailer. You yeah. sort of went by, they're singing a song and they're driving. The couple will be Eric and Andrew. They appear to be happy and bubbly and very much in love. And their adopted daughter, Wen. I was really hoping that you wouldn't pick up the daughter's name. I don't know why you wouldn't. But I was hoping it would, Trudy. Be, a, it would be another... <laughs> no, Christy. Yeah, another Christy circumstance. <laughs> so, Wen will appear to be quiet and shy. And the two fathers will be trying to get her excited about the trip. And to it's get Christmas, her, yay! Well, to get her to come out of her shell a little yep. bit. So, they'll be, they'll be doing a lot of the talking, but Wen will be very, yep. very quiet. So, so one of the dads gives her a walkie-talkie. Yeah, as a present. Yes, to to, to contact Santa. Yeah. So I tossed up the idea of whether the cabin was going to be super important to Andrew and Eric, being like it may be a cabin in their family, or maybe they sort of found it online. They were like, "We're looking for, you know, a vacation." Uh, (laughs) Well, like in old, where she found the beach online. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be. It could be that. But I'm going to meet in the middle and say that the cabin is a part of Eric's family, but due to his, so he's related to a cabin. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, it's his family cabin. You're in timeout for that joke. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was terrible. So, his family owns the cabin and it sort of plays into it a little bit more later. But mm-hmm. essentially, due to Eric's homosexuality, he had a falling out with his family. Okay. But since his whole family is now deceased, like, you know, the last wow. member died, the cabin is now, he inherited it. Okay. So, he hasn't had access to this cabin before, his family's died, and he's like, well, I've got this place. We'll we'll go there. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I'm gonna have hot sex in the cabin <laughs> of my parents' own and really rub it in their faces. They can't do anything since they're dead. So we get the feeling that Eric and Andrew don't get a lot of time to relax. Maybe they both work a lot, and okay. so they're using this as a time to do so, and also to bond with when they don't get a lot of time with her. So okay. that's the kind of idea. So once they arrive in the cabin, uh, when is left to play with nature. Her parents mm-hmm. tell her to make her a list of bugs and insects around the cabin. Yep. Pretty much to keep her occupied just while they unpack. They're just like, go and, go and I see. I wonder how she works out the sex of the bug. Because <laughs> that was on the list that she was putting together. Maybe maybe she's an interest. Maybe she has an interest in it. Maybe she just looks at them and just presumes their gender, like I do with the letters of the alphabet. Mm. Don't ask me to elaborate on that. <laughs> the, well, that's a thing, right? Also, the colors of the letters of the alphabet. Yeah, that's right. That's a thing. That's yeah, that a is thing a thing in the human brain. 
So it will be implied that Wen has a mysterious and innocent bond with nature. Okay. As if she's in tune with a greater spirituality. Okay. The list of animals will be M. Night Shyamalan's reference to Adam and Eve listing all the animals or Noah collecting animals before the flood. Ah, two by we're two. we're clever. I we're see. We're clever. Eric and Andrew will see some creepy things around the cabin, hints to like strange religious fanaticism. Like a deer with a, like a dead fetus hanging <laughs> right. out of it. Okay. All right. All right. We can take shots. We can take shots. <laughs> Did you know what I was referencing there? Wait, weren't you referencing my us? No. What? what no, were I was refer- referencing the movie Antichrist. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't Not everything so. is an attack on you, Matty <laughs> I'm way too defensive yes. this week. It's Christmas, Matty D. We've got to be giving, right? Yes, we've got to be right. jolly, holly. But, you know, it's funny you should say that because I think that's what's going to like be a kind of tie-in. They see Maybe- a fox that says chaos reigns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, like, it'll be like weird stuff here and there. That the, the family, uh, or at least they, his grandfather was interested in, like, really hardcore religious sort of stuff. Okay. Be kind of creepy, creeping us out as the audience. Uh, but they'll just, like, be, they'll dismiss that. Uh, Eric will also tell Andrew that his grandfather was the only one who would ever visit the cabin. And for some reason, everybody else in the family was forbidden to come. Oh, I forgot to point out. I think it's important I should point this out as well. The whole reason that the character Redman in my plot is uh, homophobic is because he's religious. Oh, okay. So he sees the the whole apocalypse happening as God's punishment for like um, sinful behavior, sinful behavior, and homosexuality being one of those things. Okay. I forgot to totally mention that. Sorry, just to steam it roll here, but all your talk of religion made me forget my own ties to <laughs> talking about religion. Fair, fair. I I think I think it will tie in. Like the whole religious aspect will tie in. So it's a good yeah. it's a good guess on your part. Well, I think there's going to be a reason why they're very prominently having two dads yeah. as the as part of the family. Aside from just, you know, blind modern casting and mm. in- inclusivity. Yeah. Yes, back to your plot. Yeah, so the f- so Eric was always forbidden to go to the cabin and whenever he would mention it to his grandfather- You're not allowed there until you're straight. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone was allowed there. Okay. And so anytime he would ask his grandfather about it, he'd be very funny you're about it. Spending a lot of time focusing and building the cabin as a character. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what I'm doing because I think that's what's going to be in this movie. Oh, wait, you haven't got any other plot points. <laughs> You see through me, sir. You see through okay, me. Can so, we, can we get to the like the actual plot of the yes, movie? Yes, we're getting to it. Be patient. So, while Wen is bug watching, a strange figure walks up to her. She seems unfazed by this, and he is visibly concerned. We see this all in the trailer. Why am I going through it? She, he comes up to her. He says, uh, "You know, I'm very sad because I have to do something really bad." And yeah, so I have they, to be in this movie. Yeah, has to be in this movie. <laughs> he'll he'll ask. They'll ask for he'll ask for Wen's name. Wen will ask for his name, which is Leonard. And, you know, that, that'll be the interaction there. Yeah, he says he has something really bad that he has to do. Eric and Andrew will realise that they'll be like, where's Wen? She's been away for a while. And they'll kind of freak out. They'll run outside and see that Wen's sort of near a clearing out, out in the woods, not too far away from the cabin, but far away from the cabin that they didn't know where she was. And Wen will point outside, out into the woods and say that she spoke to a sad man. Okay, so Wen has come back inside at this point. Well, they found her outside. Oh, they, they went outside looking for her. Yep. They found her in like a clearing yep. and then brought her back to the house. Yeah, or? They, br- they bring her back to the house. So but she's sort of saying she spoke to someone. Leonard is, has left at this point. Leonard has left okay, at this point, cool. yes. A uh, little different to your plot. So Eric and Andrew will take Wen inside. They'll look around the woods and find nothing. They will then lock all the doors inside the cabin and try yep. to call the nearest police station. Four men will appear, just as they did in the trailer. They'll attempt okay. to knock Gender on- Gender swapped, have they? Sorry, for for strangers. Okay, for yep. strangers appear, they'll knock. They'll knock on the cabin and um, 
And then once, you know, the cabin doesn't open, they'll forcibly break through. Like we see in the plot, like you mentioned, they'll smash through with makeshift weapons. It'll all be done suspensefully. Andrew will be running to grab a weapon, maybe a fire poker. That's what I had in my mind as well. And be knocked out. Oh, you mean the one that we saw in the trailer? Yes. It's a good guess. And and be not, I didn't actually see it in the trailer, so I wasn't paying that close attention. But he'll be knocked out. Andrew will be knocked out by Leonard. And then he will wake up and realize that he is tied up, as is Eric. Yep. Tied up to chairs. Facing the four individuals, Wen is standing freely beside them. The parents will tell the four strangers that they can take anything they want, just let them go. Leonard tells them that they are here because of their faith, the implication being that they are religious zealots who want to kill Eric and Andrew because of their homosexuality. Well it's done. Kind of, it's kind of going to be like a um, get out kind of thing where we think it's a hate crime, but then there's yep. a little bit more Wait, so this isn't actually the case. This is what the movie's suggesting yes, at this point. Yes. This is what the, the couple thinks. This is what the couple thinks. This okay. is what we as the audience thinks, but there's going That's to be- That's basically what I said in my plot too. Basically what you said in your yeah. plot, but it'll unravel that there's more to it than that. The, the twist being that they want to prevent the end of the world, much like it's said in the trailer. They'll turn out to be somewhat of a cult, but the origins will be shrouded in mystery. We okay. will never know- Cult of the ram's head, of course. Yeah, we'll <laughs> never know if they knew each other beforehand, if they're part of a group, if they have like a Facebook page, a group chat. We won't know anything about them other than this is what they believe and they're here to do this. Yep. It'll be completely- Did you say they have a Facebook group chat? <laughs> yeah. It'll be complete mystery what they're like outside of this interaction. Okay. So unlike me, where they're all complete strangers who have never met before this point. They could be. They could be. Or they could know each other. You said they're they're a part of a cult and they have a Facebook group chat. That's (laughs) why I said we won't know that. Okay. Are you saying, okay, that's a mystery. We don't know if they know each other or if they don't. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. They're just there for all the same reason. And it'll be a complete mystery. It'll be kind of like they'll they'll almost appear like aliens, sort of, even though they won't be aliens. But they just arrive there. They have a goal and we don't know anything about them. We don't know if they're human. We don't know if they are. If they're they're a group, if there's more of them somewhere else, we won't know any of that. Because it's scarier not to know. Okay. Now, either I thought what was going to happen was they were going to do a retelling of the story of Isaac and Abraham, where the parents have to kill their own child, or when has to decide which parent has to die. That's where I was kind of going with okay. this plot. Yep. For dramatic effect, I thought it would be way more at stake if it was they had to kill the child. So what they end up telling Eric and Andrew is that one of them, much one like your dads, plot, yep. one of the dads has to sacrifice their child, much like okay. Abraham did to Isaac. So they don't have a choice in your plot. It has to be when and nobody else. Yes. Okay. Yes, but they have to do it. One yeah, of them yeah. has one to do it. One of the fathers it. has to do it. The yeah. choice okay. is one of the fathers has to do it. So that's very similar to what I had, but- Very similar. It was more broad in my one. It's yeah. like, take your pick between all three of you. Well, I kind of think that, you know, killing a child is such a terrible thing and it would be such a hard decision to make as a parent. And the yeah. whole idea is that it's the father's duty to kill the child. And then if there's two fathers- then one of them has to take that responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because in the whole biblical story, that that would be uh, that would be way more tragic. I like that you cast. explored the whole religious aspect that I just didn't even bother <laughs> thinking about at all. Well, I could be completely wrong. There's no evidence True. to support this at all. So the film, but will- you know, if you get all this subtextual stuff correct, that's just more points coming your way. Maybe, maybe. So the film will take place during a day and during. Like, it'll go through the night. Yep. Uh, revelations about Eric and Andrew will be made while they're captive by these four individuals. And oh. that they aren't so sweet and innocent as they appear. Eric will be... It'll be revealed that he has a drinking problem that okay. results in him being an abusive husband and a, and a neglectful father. Okay, fair Just enough. like members of his own family. He'll have to come to terms with that. He has demons. 
Andrew will be. And Andrew re- was in the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> Andrew was in the. Andrew was in that god awful movie yeah. as, as as Mr. Smith as as poor man's Agent Smith. <laughs> no, Andrew will be revealed to be having an affair with another man. Oh wow! Yes, and so that's good. I like that. It'll it'll it, like you. They'll be torturing them. They'll be you know talking to them. It'll be a lot of psycho- psychological manipulation. But eventually, these revelations will come through, and it'll be almost like the four strangers know this about them beforehand and, and okay. push them to make these confessions just to kind of tear the tear the family apart, make them angry at each other, I see. make them honest, make them confess themselves to an almighty being, that kind of stuff. It'll be all dramatic and stuff. Uh, yep, it's the, all dramatical. All dramatical. Uh, yeah. The four will treat them as prisoners. Either Leonard or Redmond will start to crack and doubt what they're supposed to do. Probably Redmond. Probably Redmond, probably Leonard. The spider turns up and he gets scared. (laughs) I predict that Adrian will be the most ruthless. I think Adrian's going to be like your Redmond. She'll be the most ruthless and most committed. That was originally my thought, but then I- Just because of her face. (laughs) She looks so like- No, I wasn't that racist, but- uh, No, I meant just her expression. Yeah, 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 I get it. She was the only one who didn't look worried. Yes. That's that's where I get from that. But uh, yeah, so she's she's the most committed and she will end up killing the doubter. Which I'm okay. going to make a prediction and say that that is Dave Batista. That's Leonard. okay. So, so they Leonard's, kill Leonard like in my plot. Well, I think I think it's shocking to kill the big guy. So you know he's like, oh no, I've got a detachment to this child. I don't want to do this. This is wrong. If it turns out they kill Ron Weasley, we're both going to be <laughs> <laughs> shooting ourselves in the foot. Yes. So both the couples, as in Eric and Andrew, will get pushed to their limits. They get beaten up. They get tortured until mm-hmm. Andrew says, "Okay, I'll commit the murder." Eric will scream at Andrew about like, "Don't do it! Like, How what dare are you, you doing? Yeah, how dare you? I'm the alcoholic." But but when Andrew is free, he uses this moment to attack, I'm going to say, Adrian or, you know, one of the strangers and then gives Wen an opportunity to run. Wow, just like in my plot. Just like in your That's plot. That's great. Run into the woods. Adrian will chase her yep. into the it woods. It was Sabrina in my plot. There and it'll go. be, there we go. And it'll be night by this stage. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, the exact same plot. I know, it, I know. It's crazy. And, um. So, from this point on, we'll only see what happens in the cabin, much like the whole movie. So, we won't know what happens in the woods. We, okay. We, like, it'll all be left sort of- So, well, we won't see, happen- like, the chase and the pursuit? No. No. Okay. No. It'll it'll just be Sabrina and Redmond and uh, Eric and Andrew. So, Sabrina and Redmond will be distraught that the world's going to end, and a bloody Eric and Andrew will sort of be sitting there hoping that their daughter is safe. Yeah. So, they're just like, it's just like, okay, well, the, the world's going to end, maybe, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. At this point, there'll be lightning and wind, so it'll be like natural stuff, but maybe we, we as the audience think mm. the end of the world is happening. The cabin itself starts to so shake. So it's like a regular storm. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, Redmond and Sabrina think that this is... It's not like a, a tsunami is coming, like crashing across <laughs> the hills. No, 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 no. It's it's like, yeah, it's like the cabin's shaking, things are being knocked off and, you know, lightning and wind and rain. Then all of a sudden, there'll be a knock at the cabin. Well done. You've done it twice in the mm-hmm. same plot. <laughs> Redman will call out to see if it's Adrian, but no one will answer. The door will open and Wen is revealed. She mm. is physically fine. On sight of Wen, Redman and Sabrina's nose will start to bleed. They'll start oh, wow. feeling an intense pain, like almost like in their brain, and will essentially drop dead. But as that's happening, the lights of the cabin will burn really bright, like it'll get really, really bright, and then okay. like, burst go off and that's when they drop dead right kind of cool little imagery there for you you know andrew who's free at this point will untie eric and will run to Wen, who seems to be in like a trance now i thought there could be a twist in this movie somewhere Mm. but uh since this is based on a novel i think it's unlikely i think audiences will be left scratching their heads 
whether again we don't know what happens in the novel, so no, no. So it, there could be a twist. I don't know, but I, I, I think that's what we're going to be left in this moment. We're going to be like, does Wen have godlike powers? Is, is the she world eleven from Stranger Things? Is she eleven from Stranger Things? Yeah. Is the world going to end? Is this is this like the last day of the world? No. Does she have demon like powers? Does she have demon like powers? Is she the Antichrist? Is it is this a case that Wen doesn't have the powers that there's an almighty being kind of acting doing through this, her, acting, yeah, uh, well, acting through her, doing be things. that God or Satan? Yeah, very um, interesting. Were the strangers, the four strangers, the people that were meant to sacrifice themselves all along, therefore dispelling the end of the world? We're going to be left with okay. all these questions. So it's left ambiguous it's here in the be, cabin. It's going to be a discussion after the cinema. That's what he's going for. So all three of the family members are still alive. Yes. So presumably it's a somewhat happy ending. Yeah. They all make it out. They all make it out. But That's we right. don't know if they've you know prevented the apocalypse or if when is the Antichrist or a celestial no, being. Nothing will be answered. It'll be left so ambiguous. It'll be frustrating. Um, just a few extra things. I think the four strangers will intend on killing themselves after what they've done has been executed. So okay. That's going to be something. So they lucked out there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so they're, they're going to do a terrible thing. I mean, they failed, but they died anyway. They're going to kill themselves because it's all going to be about sacrifice. Okay. And, um, and I think if there's going to be an M. Night Shyamalan cameo he'll be just a, a guy at a gas station maybe somewhere offering them directions <laughs> that's a good idea he gives them a map on their way to the cabin but that is my plot well done that was actually really good oh thanks i think that has a better chance of being the actual plot than my plot does to be perfectly honest well either i I'm, very rarely think that either i'm very close or i'm very wrong if they don't go down this religious so angle, there was no I'm sort fucked. of like homophobic angle in your it's implied it's implied? Okay. Well, the, the thing is, is that we as the audience so will think- it sounded like what you were saying is, okay, you were just about to explain the same thing I was about to say. So, it sounds like the family thinks that it's a homophobic attack, but there's no sort of actual homophobic element to the strangers no. at all. No, So, no. none of them, like in my plot where Redmond was, was a homophobic and, you know, he felt that they were being punished for religious reasons, as I crowbarred into your plot. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that element is not a thing in your plot. No. Okay, the cool. The four strangers are just there because- what what will be revealed is that they believe that a family is going to be at the cabin at that particular time, and it doesn't matter that they happen to be a same sex couple. Doesn't matter. Okay. The only the cool. only the only difference that makes is because they believe the father has to kill the child, and because there's two fathers, that's where the choice comes in. Okay. So they just believe that, and that's okay, why. Okay, that's interesting. That's why the grandfather was like, we'll never know what the grandfather's whole thing was, but that's why the grandfather forbid anyone to go to the cabin because there there was this prophecy that when okay, you went to the wow. cabin. It's getting really elaborate da, 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 now. Da, da, da. Well, that, that, that'll all be implied in the Maddie D plot. But that's... that's okay. So, the four strangers believe that a family will arrive at the cabin on this particular day, this particular time, and they need to make the sacrifice, otherwise the world will end. Okay. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Well, I like it. If the movie is that, I'd probably end up liking it, but I don't, I'm not confident that the movie is going to be exactly that. We'll see. Or we'll even see. what I have. So, I was trying to write more as M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> unlike Maddie D, who's actually writing like a compelling plot. Do you know what I heard or what I read about this this movie? What's that? that? M. Night said it was the fastest script he's ever written. So, Ooh. what does that mean? Well, it's funny because he didn't write the script. <laughs> didn't he? No. Okay, well. I think he did like a rewrite of it. Maybe. But he actually got in somebody else to adapt the, the book. So, of course, it was the fastest <laughs> script he's written. He didn't do it. He didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so, you, the dear listener, do you have any ideas of what might happen in Knock at the Cabin? Are you an M. Night Shyamalan fan? So, do you have, like, somewhat of a direction that you would think that the movie would go that's completely different to both Maddie D and I? Are you a fan of the book? Have we yes. accidentally stumbled upon some details without, that are in the book? Without spoiling the plot of the movie or the plot of the book... Can you let us know what we may have gotten right or what we may have got completely wrong? Imagine if the first 10 minutes- Do you minutes- think the book is going to be the same as the movie? Yeah. 
Because judging from old, there's every chance it might not be. Do you think the first 10 minutes? I was going to say, do you th- the first 10 minutes is like in the cabin and then they go off on a, a, a globe-trotting adventure. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. We're completely wrong. They go to several different cabins around I think around we would America. have seen that. We would have seen that in the trailer if that was going to happen. But, you know, there's every, we don't know. There's every chance that that could happen. You can let us know any of your thoughts about this movie in several locations. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can contact us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Please let us know your thoughts. I always find it's interesting to go into these ones blind because there's so many different thoughts and ideas you can throw in. It's like a real kitchen-style situation, (laughs) Zombieland-style situation. I love it. And these are always the episodes that end up being the most interesting to listen back to because we have nothing... And will any of it, any of it tie back into the movie or will will it be a real Monster Hunter situation (laughs) like last week? But anyway, let's wrap it up for another week. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our very Christmassy episode of torture and potential family murder. Enjoy your holidays if you're lucky enough to have them. Enjoy the rest. Yeah, enjoy the rest of 2022 because I think the next time we will be back is on January 1st, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, that's right. We've got another episode before the end of the year. Charging through. Because next week, we're not doing a plot prediction next week. As is standard, we're doing another installment of Actual Spoilers where we go back and review a plot that we've covered in the past. What a plot to end the year on, right? And see how close we got to predicting it. And next week, we're looking at how well we did with predicting the plot of the animated... The, we're actually at the first episode of 2021. We finished with 2020's movies and we're up to the first movie of 2021. Fantastic. Which was Tom and Jerry. Right. Now, this was the worst movie you said you watched. That's that right. Year. So, in our best and worst of 2021, I said that Tom and Jerry, which happened to be the first movie I watched in 2021, was the worst movie I saw that year. Yeah. And let's see if my opinions change at all upon rewatching the movie, yes. which I'm going to have to do. You're going to have to rewatch that movie, so... Because I saw it back in January 2021. Join us to, to witness Kieran's pain. Yes, please do. So until we return for Tom and Jerry next week... Hey, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Leonard. Well, it's nice to meet you. Why are you here? I suppose I'm here to make friends with you. And your dad's too. But my heart is broken. Why is it broken? Because of what I have to do today. You're-